It's not just it's not just that Kojima just kind of stands there and for for fifteen fucking minutes has to deal with Keeley laughing at everything he says. Keeley is standing there essentially just masturbating on stage for 45 minutes going, Kojima is coming, Kojima is coming, how very exciting. And Kojima doesn't even do anything. And the worst thing, the worst fucking thing, is that of course he put Keeley in the game. Of course he did. That's exactly what I would expect to happen, but it still surprised me and it still angered me. And and then Keeley goes, hey, I'm in the game. Look at the pictures of me doing mocap. No one fucking cares, Keeley. And it's just, I'm not there. I'm not there to watch him have a love-in with Kojima. I'm just not. I thought the Gamescom conference was actually pretty damn good up until that point. Every single game that was coming out looked interesting. Knocking out of the park, it was smooth. And then, it, of course, it just becomes about Jeff Keighley again. And Kojima's just got to stand there and take it. Every time Keighley snaps his fingers, Kojima just turns up like a fucking show seal. And it just ruins everything. He can come out and say, oh, this is the most transformative game you've ever played before. Everything in Death Stranding looks exactly the same as every other fucking walking action-adventure game. The only problem is now, it's got Jeff fucking Keeley in it! I thought it looked quite good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast Reaction Special 2, Gamescom Opening Night Live. I know we're not normally with us during midweek, but we thought we'd get together and talk about some of the stuff that was announced during Gamescom's opening conference. I'm with Mr. Greg Hicks. Hi, again. Hello again. And Mr. Sean Davies. What is up? I did say Paul was going to be with us tonight. He's still having internet issues. I want to actually start something very big drop during the event which doesn't had nothing to do with the event where should we start yeah let's start here sony worldwide studios have bought insomniac games now this is something that a while back we discussed on a podcast about who sony should buy and the obvious one was insomniac and they finally done it no it's pretty good i mean the writing was on the wall wasn't it like especially with the success of spider-man but does it mean we'll get all the back catalog like sunset overdrive and stuff like that then i don't know that's 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 an interesting or is that a microsoft point. ip did Microsoft publish it? I don't Microsoft, know. Top my head. Microsoft did publish it, and I think I believe that Microsoft still own the IP. It is mentioned. So the, the initially, as soon as the news went up, Insomniac Games posted a blog post, and the first paragraph is talking about all of the worlds that they created within their games, and it does mention within that paragraph, um, Sunset Overdrive. But then that's it. It's kind of it's never mentioned again within there. So. I guess they're just acknowledging the fact that they made Sunset Overdrive because as far as I think everyone's aware, Xbox owned that IP because they published the game and they kind of stumped up all of the money to make it. So, yeah, it's unlikely anyone else is going to get Sunset Overdrive beyond who's already got it, so like PC and Xbox. Massively unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't really that good, though. It looked fucking good. Like, that was one of the few games that came out on Xbox. I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. Insomniac Games, very colourful. Roller skating carnage. It looked fun. Like, it, was, it, was, it was fun to play. Um, I think, for me, if anyone listened to last night's podcast, I said about Saints Row. If you didn't, basically I said that Saints Row got boring because it gave you too much too soon. That's kind of what happened with Sunset Overdrive. It was too wacky too soon. And I just went, eh. But look, it did look good. Yeah, you're right. What about you, Roscoe? What's your thoughts on, on uh, Insomniac being picked up? 
Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, like Greg said, the writing was on the wall. I think it was kind of inevitable after the success of Spider-Man. But it's good. It's it's great that moving forward, everything in Somniac will not be on PlayStation. It feels like the right thing to do. They've been working together for, what, 20 years now. And so they've been on every system, I think, as well. Every PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. yeah every single one. And that's awesome. And so it seems like the right thing to do. And it's, it's amazing that it's taken this long, really. But I guess the uh, success of Spider-Man has spurred that forward a little bit. So it's great. It's great. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man 2, if now, that is going to be a thing. Now can we get Resistance for the Man 4? Yeah. <laughs> Please, for God's that'd sake. That would be cool. That would be cool. But yeah, nice one, Sony. Well done. And congratulations to Insomniac Games. Brilliant stuff. Right. Let's crack on with the reveals that were at tonight's Gamescom opening night live. And we're going to start at the very beginning with a look at the campaign for Gears of War 5. Uh, Sean, I saw you were tweeting about this. Did you, were you impressed by the campaign footage? I was, yeah. So I've been I've been bemoaning this since they announced Gears, and it kind of went okay. We're going to show you know this escape mode and the horde mode, and we're now weeks away from release, and they hadn't shown a single thing about the campaign. And then they showed the gameplay, and you know I'm not an Xbox guy, but I looked at that and thought, hey, that looks pretty darn good. They didn't really show a lot. They showed, obviously, the kind of sailing, you know, skiing thing going on and lots of fighting and lots of explosions and stuff. But all of that looked pretty compelling. If the full game is like that, then that sounds good. I haven't played Gears since the first one and it didn't click with me then. And so it's not really a franchise that I'm massively invested in. But to be honest, if I had an Xbox, I'd probably be all over it. So, yeah, it looked really cool. And is it on Games Pass? Is it going on Games Pass like Uh, day one? Well, yeah, they... it's on um, it's on Games Pass Ultimate. But I mean, if anyone's unaware yet, if you subscribe to Ultimate and you've still got an existing amount of time left on your gold subscription, you can get it for like a pound for the remaining months of your subscription. So, nice. That's not, that's not bad. You can have Gears of War Five for a pound, not for a pound. You know what I mean? Does this still stack? Because I remember like when they initially announced this whole pound deal, you could actually stack the pound for like was it twenty four months or something? Yeah, yeah, and um, they sort of actively promoted that at one point. I was reading an article that was saying, you know, you think a company would be like, oh, no, they've found an exploit. Let's change it. And no, Microsoft were like, oh, yeah, if you buy a year now, you can then upgrade and get a year's worth for a pound. I mean, 40 quid for the initial purchase of a year, but then you stack on another 12. Yeah. I'm I'm phrasing it wrong. Basically, I've made it sound like you pay twice then. But they there is a way of basically extending your life and then getting the ultimate for like a pound for those remaining months. That's that's cool. I like you know, fair play to Microsoft. You know, they've they've really made a good show of Games Pass. And you know, earlier in the day, they announced a load of new games, including Devil May Cry Five going into Games Pass. So, you know, they they really put a lot of effort into it. And because it's so cheap, it seems like an like a no brainer that if if you like Gears, and you you know, it, for for such a small amount of investment, you can try that game. And it looks you know, it looks exciting. Board mode, the the, the trailer that came out earlier in the day looks awesome. The ultimate things that they got, you know, that's a they were like the trailblazers for that mode, and it looks cool. So, yeah, I'm all over that. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm side now. I'm a little bit annoyed that Devil May Cry Five's gone Game Pass because I bought the bloody steelbook for that, and I still haven't finished it. So I'm just like, oh no. Gears wise, I didn't play a lot of four actually because, and this is going to sound really contrary to being hyped for the new one, the story beats just really didn't do anything for me. It was the same returns. Well. Marcus and all that lot and I wasn't really that invested in it so I didn't really finish it I think I did like one of those you know you're saying like with the gameplay then it was like the, the skiing and the 
that I got to the bike bit of Gears 4 and it was another like on rails escape mission and I just got a bit bored with it and then I thought nah I'm not really invested so I'd like to see if the new one can turn me around to playing it again but I said that with every Gears of War uh, yeah I think it looks great the fact that it's going to be day one on Game Pass is really cool and again I, I mean the last one I played was 3 on the uh, 360 so it's been a while and I did enjoy them. I never really finished them or got into them massively, but they're always good fun. And it looks like they've they've really thrown everything at the wall on this one. And so it's going to be a good investment, I imagine, for Xbox players who are probably really looking forward to having a first-party game to jump into over the next few months. So, yeah, no complaints on my end. Awesome. Right then, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, the THQ Nordic announcements. The first one was Comanche. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Yes. Yes. Which I thought was cheaperlies, but it wasn't. Yeah. I nearly, I nearly lost my shit to a quite horrifying degree, but it was very quickly uh, dismissed. Do you remember the game from way back when? I remember it existing. I don't think I ever played it. Mm, I didn't. It's like I guess this is one of those IPs that they picked up, and uh, you know when they were picking up loads of defunct companies way back when, because this isn't a re- recent acquisition. Um, so it looks like this is something that they've been working on for a while. But, it, it, I mean, it looked cool. I noticed at the end of the trailer it said PC only, and it was coming out on just PC. I hope it comes out on consoles, because um, I quite like the look of that drone fighting. And can you guys remember that, like, old-school tunnel where you were flying through tunnels and stuff, like in a, a like a fighter jet? It was an old, old game I used to play. It just reminded me of that. And Oh, Tunnel B1. Yes, yes. So like yeah, so it reminded me that tunnel gameplay reminded me of that, and I was like instantly nostalgic for a game that's not even out yet. But yeah, it it looked pretty cool. Don't really have anything to say about it. I thought it looked fun. It's not something. It's on Steam, so it looks like it's one of those games that I will attempt to run on my laptop, and it will just laugh at me. So you know, it's not a game that I'm going to worry about too much. But it seemed to get a good reception, and people on the uh, interwebs seemed impressed, including uh, James Parker from Ground Chatter. He was like, "Well, I wasn't expecting that." So, you know, people are getting excited about it, so that can only be a good thing. Following that, there was a very quick trailer for Drone Champions League, which looks quite fun. Again, from THQ Nordic, a little bit of drone racing going on. Should be a laugh. Interesting to see how that controls, because it was touting 365-degree racing. And, uh, you know, Apache looked weighty within its controls, whereas that looked insane. Uh, They were doing 360 barrel rolls and stuff, so... I'll be interested to see that because that's that is for consoles, so that that looks like it could be fun, but also mental. So yeah, yeah, I don't know about that one. The trailer was so quick that I had to look up the name of the game. I was like, wait, what, 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 what was that? Following that was Need for Speed Heat, a gameplay trailer. Finally, thank goodness, God, I was waiting for this one. Uh, Sean, what do you think of it? I was. That is exactly the trailer that I needed to say that I probably will end up getting Need for Speed, either through EA Access or, you know, buying the game. It looked dumb. It looked flashy. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it it's appealed to the 11-year-old me who still had dreams about driving cars very fast. So, yeah, it's, it's dumb and stupid and makes zero fucking sense. But that is Need for Speed. Um, it isn't the 80s games that we wanted, like we said yesterday, but it still looks fun. And the the division of like the day racing and the night racing looks fun. So like during the day, the police won't be as aggressive uh, if they do catch you speeding. But then at night, they just lay out the supercars and go at you full full guns with like armored trucks and shit. That looks fun. You know, that's 
that looks like a, a nice divide. So, yeah, I'm I'm quietly happy that that exists. I'm, you know, I'd like to see a bit more of it, obviously, in the next couple of months. But, yeah, how about you? No, it didn't anything for me at all. Yeah, like you said, it's an EA Access game. I probably will check it out once it lands on there. I mean, it's going to be fun for a couple hours, I'd imagine. I do want to see if they have done anything different. From the trailer, it looks like they haven't done anything at all. But yeah, the day-night cycle is interesting. I don't really understand the concept of it. If you're gonna, if the police are just going to chase you every night, why do it at all? You know, like after the first <laughs> night, the police probably should have shut it down, and yet they continue to do it every night. It's very strange. But um, yeah, I mean, it got people excited. The trailer landed on Twitter, and it just yeah, it went a bit nuts. So. You know, who am I to say? One of the funny things I thought about that like whole trailer was like, you need to make it to a safe house. And the safe house was a huge neon-sided place that was like screamed safe house. Like loads of supercars parked outside and you're driving in to like get away from the police. It's like the police are obviously going to go there. It was like, it's not like a hidden place. It wasn't somewhere you can like hide out. It was just like screaming, this is the fucking place where the criminals are going to be. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking madness. Well done, EA. Following that was a beautiful trailer for Kerbal Space Program 2, which is coming in 2020. I wasn't expecting that. It looked a lot more kind of serious and a lot more intense than what, I, what it ended up being. But uh, yeah, I don't know a lot about Kerbal Space Program, but I guess it's warranted a sequel. So, jolly good show. Did you like that trailer? I, I love that trailer. I, I've, I've watched streams of Kerbal Space Program. I've been on the bubble of buying it because it's been on sale a couple of times. And apparently it's like stupid fun where you just build rockets and they all fall apart as you try and get into space and stuff. But this one looks like it's gone beyond that about like, you know, building bases on Mars and on the moon and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite confident that that's going to be fun. You know, they, they definitely know what they did with the, what they were doing with the first one. So and private division, you know, the publishers, they've, they've got a, a lot of pull and push in the industry at the minute. So, you know, could be onto a hit there. The first one was difficult. I know that much. You played the first one? I played bits of it. Well, I say bits of it. I've dabbled in it. It's harder than it looks. Yeah, everyone, everyone says that. It's like it's this cutesy game with like little green aliens trying to go into space. But actually, it's really fucking hard. Yeah, you think of it as like, it looks like a little big planet in space. Like, build me a rocket ship, off we go. Wee! But you've got to adjust and plan for a lot of things it's like playing it's like playing the minions version of the martian <laughs> wow that is yeah that's a box quote <laughs> yeah it's a google space program the minions version of oh my god well done <laughs> nice one right then what was next little nightmares 2 from bandai namco this is very exciting i really like the first one the trailer was pretty intense uh, again, it's a game that's coming out next year. Uh, Little Nightmares 2 do anything for you, Sean? I'll be honest with you, I was a bit disappointed. When I saw the two characters, and I saw they were weapons, and you know, I, I saw them walking together, Like I thought the trailer was leading up to a co-op announcement. And, you know, like Unravel 2, and you know they did like the whole co-op thing within Unravel. And, you know, the first one was good, but adding the co-op was just even better. I, I honestly thought they were going to try and go with like a co-op angle. And then when he said, actually, he plays this new character, Mono, who's, you know, with the old character, I thought, ah, okay, you know, fair enough, you'll be using that character, but it's not co-op. I was a bit disappointed there, because, you know, it looked like it could have been a great, you know, co-op horror story set in that world. But, you know, it, it everything in that game looked creepy, and I didn't play the original, because I played a demo at EGX Rest, and I broke the game. 
really fucking badly like two days before it released at TGX. <laughs> and like the, the devs were like, I, I was I was one of the first to play it in the day, and then they all surrounded around the computer and they were like, Oh shit. <laughs> like this is days before release and this fucking build broke. I know Paul's a big fan of the original, so I imagine that's like right up his alley. So I will have to we'll have to tell Paul about that once his internet is back. All right, then following Little Nightmares 2 was a PlayStation trailer, which honestly I wasn't expecting. Predator Hunting Grounds gameplay. Yeah, so it's it's four versus one. It's kind of like, you know, um, was it Evolve? Evolve, yeah. So, it, uh, you, okay. Yeah, so you got one person controlling the Predator and four, they, they called it a fire team, and they're doing missions like going into jungles and stuff, and then the one player who's the Predator's got to hunt them down while they, the fire team tried to complete the mission while either staving off the Predator or killing the Predator. So the fact of the matter is that anything involving Predator, I think every... Red-blooded man in that ever watched the Predator and enjoyed that film is going to be up for that day one. It just looked like you know the heat vision, the weapons, everything looked fucking spot on, and you know the the, the human gameplay. It's going to be interesting how they balance that, and you know Jeff Keeley said that, and you know how it's going to be balanced because the Predator's just so fucking OP in every other piece of media. You know it took Arnold Schwarzenegger some mud. To you know, kill him. You know, some mud and some explosives. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think that it's made by the Friday the Thirteenth guys, isn't it? I believe so. So, do you think it'll be similar to the way that Jason was slightly overpowered but can be taken down? With yeah, yeah, I imagine so. I imagine it will be like it will be an achievement if you do it with the people. Yeah, um, and I think it'll be just fun as the Predator. Like, the leaping between trees and stuff just looked so fucking good. You, you really want to be the Predator in that game as well, don't you? you will, know? It, um, sure. will it also be buggy as shit and only be played by about four people at once? Like Absolutely. like uh, like Friday the 13th was. <laughs> hey, we had some good fucking times with that yeah, game. Yeah. That was you, great when we, uh, when we spent two hours realising that you can actually see who was the Predator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just checked the scoreboard. I know I quite like the look of Predator, actually. Um, I kind of... I was hoping when they first announced it they were going to make a, another single-player like, you know, like they did with AVP when they made it the three campaigns, but because Alien Isolation did so well, I was hoping they would do a similar thing because everybody was craving a Predator game. So obviously have a bit more firepower than um, Amanda Ripley does. But, you know, you in the jungle, your team gets scattered, Predator's picking you off or you play as the Predator. A bit like that. What was the game on the PS2? Wait, Predator. yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Predator Concrete Jungle. Oh, wow. That's a throwback. Yeah, it, it was a good concept. It just didn't play very well. It was more like an arcade kind of thing so it would have been cool if you had a bit more of, you know if we're not going to get a new splinter cell get get a game where you play as a predator it's like a gory splinter cell how cool would that be but that's that's me that's my wish list i mean the actual game itself i mean it could, it could do well let's just hope it doesn't let's just hope it evolves from evolves nah. uh, nice <laughs> it does look fun it looks like the kind of game that we would all play together I think we should laugh yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's the famous, famous last words, isn't it? Yeah, we should. I know. Oh, we're never going to play it now. <laughs> <laughs> the curse. Sad. How sad. But yeah, it, it does look good. Monster Hunter Iceborne, the mm. DLC, got yet another trailer. Uh, it's due September 6th, so not far off now. I, I still don't know anything about Monster Hunter World, so someone who knows about it, talk about it. I have played Monster Hunter World. Um, I haven't got around to finishing yet. As I said in my when we did our Games of the Year thing, it was my mention because I thought, I need to finish it and I didn't so I recently got back into it and I've kind of stopped again I've had a bit of a lull but 
with Iceborne coming out, I really want to get into it again. And I really should. And I've got a friend that wants to get Iceborne as well. It's got a bit of a learning curve to it. But I would say if you've got any inclination to want to play it, it's it's a really good game. And Iceborne looks fantastic as well. It looks like it's done um, what Blood and Wine did to Witcher 3. Instead of putting it in the same maps and just changing the objectives and going, oh, well, carry on with that. It's like it's a whole new environment, isn't it? Yeah. And it just looks fantastic. And it's stark contrast to all the jungles and deserts and rivers of Monster Hunter World. And they've gone, yep, if you saw what we did then, boom, Ice World. And it <laughs> it does look good. And obviously the new monster varieties and the, the weapon sets and the armor sets and that. I think it's going to do well. Cool. Also, little, little tidbit. Uh, monster Hunter, the, the new DLC, is the first DLC to receive its own platinum trophy. So this this expansion is getting its own platinum trophy, its own trophy set. It's got like 60 trophies to collect too. It is a full nother game. They've added another platinum trophy DLC for the first time on the PlayStation 4. So that's awesome. blowing my fucking mind. I'm suddenly very interested in Monster Hunter. <laughs> very cool. Uh, following that then was a game called The Cycle, which they call a new genre, which is PVEVPVP or something. Did I get that right? I probably got that wrong. But uh, it was an interesting uh, FPS trailer, which is available now for free on the Epic Game Store. If you do want to check that out, any thoughts on that? I'm going to give it a go. It looks yeah. a lot like Destiny. It looks like Battleborn, is what it looks like. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> you cursed it. <laughs> there's, there's a certain insinuation there. Battleborn was apparently loads better than everyone said it was, but it looks pretty cool. I don't, I don't, you know, they, they say that it's like an ambitious new genre, but from everything that we saw, it looked a lot like everything else. But, you know, I'm going to give it a try, see if it run on my laptop, and fingers crossed it's okay, because, you know, they, the Jaeger guys, they were taking a big risk by self-publishing, so we shall see. Is someone tapping on the keyboard? No, that is my hamster. I was going to say, it's either a pet or someone's, like, playing jazz piano with that's, the keys uh, there now. <laughs> that's uh, Randy Ralph in the background. I apologise for that. Okay, it's, no, it's a... The, the guinea pig is, is, is back on his, on his bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, right then, then there was a trailer for Life is Strange 2 Episode 4, which is out this week. I mean, it, it was kind of a weird place to drop a trailer because I think if you're doing what Sean's doing and you're waiting until they all come out, maybe that was a bit spoilery? Yeah. Episode 4 of the series. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a strange moment to drop it. I suddenly feel like I need to go and play the game now. Like, I guess it did what it was supposed to do because the trailers that I've seen up to this point all had two brothers going out on an adventure. And then that trailer, I won't, you know, spoil it unless you didn't watch it, but basically spoiled a big fucking thing for episode three. So, you know, I'd like a bit, you know, a bit test about that, to be honest, because there's people like me that are waiting. I guess that's a bit of a shitty move, but, you know, they obviously need more people to see it. And it does look pretty cool. So, arses. Arses, indeed. And following that was, uh, if you listen to our most recent podcast, which we put up today, we talked a lot about the Sega reveal and how Paul may have sussed it with the words humankind. And bloody hell, gents, he only went and done it. It's fucking genius, isn't he? Paul called it. Full of shit, he doesn't know the quiz answers, but he doesn't know the name of upcoming games. <laughs> Fucking arse. Is he like our new Rain Man? <laughs> yeah. definitely, definitely humankind. Definitely, definitely humankind. Definitely, definitely, humankind. <laughs> definitely, definitely got no internet. Definitely, definitely got no internet. <laughs> humankind, uh, it turns out, is a 
strategy s game where you remodel historic moments from all of human history which sounds pretty freaking cool yeah so like that trailer you kind of sweeping through the world and you're looking at the world was there like giant units like soldiers and stuff standing on the world did was i did i imagine that i think so yeah okay it just it just looked like the soldiers and things looked completely out of place on the map because right. the map looked really cool, and then they had the soldiers just ginormously placed, which was, you know, a bit out of place. I really liked the art style until I saw that bit odd. The use of music was really cool as well. That piano on the on the uh, spaceship that was neat. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be quite interesting. Co-made by Amplitude with Sega, so it's going to be quite interesting to see where that goes. I'm going to keep an eye on that one. Uh, then we have got another trailer for Borderlands Three. I say another trailer. I've seen that trailer before. Uh, the uh, the co-op con- confirmation trailer with Happy Together. Borderlands 3 isn't that far off now, is it? No, a couple of months. Boom. Very excited. Good old Borderlands 3. Yeah, that's what has to be. Did, did you hear in the background Randy Pitchford trying to get on the stage to do a magic trick? Uh, <laughs> no, Randy, no! <laughs> Keep him back! See, they want to see my elephant. No! Stay <laughs> back, Randy. Oh, but I've got a USB right here. Leave it alone, Randy. No. Nobody wants that. Stay back, Randy. I am feeling Randy. No, no, Randy, you stay yeah. back. Oh, thank you for reminding me why I don't want to buy Borderlands 3. It's my pleasure. <laughs> oh, give me Randy Pitchford money. It seems... contributes to Randy Pitchford's pleasure. Exactly. I ain't having that. Right then, then we got a uh, first look at Everspace 2, which has been teased uh, earlier this week. Uh, early access coming late 2020, released 2021. So this one is a bit of a way off, but the trailer was very cool. I think it uh, looks like it's going to take what Everspace was and just make it bigger and better. I have a thought. Okay. Okay, Let's so go. that Everspace 2 trailer listed 2021 as a release date and PS4, Xbox One, and PC as its launch titles as its launch platforms. So Ooh. a 2021 game is still targeting the PS4 and Xbox One. That's odd, given what we... Yeah, well, that's where, think... they're, that's where, they're, that's where their base is, though, isn't it? It, it? It's more likely to be cross-platform than it is just stay on yeah. this generation. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is one of the first, you know, next-gen games to be announced, just not announced yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yes. that game looked very fucking good. And I played the PS4 version, and that was better than, you know, a spruced up version of the PC version, and that looked good, but nowhere near as good as that trailer did. And I get the feeling that this is played on a very high, that trailer was played on a a very high-end PC, which might be in keeping with some potential next-gen hardware. I think that's what, you know, visuals might look next-gen, because... Hmm. It looked fucking nice. The original one, so the, the original one's like a roguelike. So you start off in a location uh, and you get a bog standard spaceship. And the idea is just to keep going forward through warp points. But every, it's like procedurally generated. So each new area that you warp to, you've got like different objectives that you can do there. This new one isn't a, a roguelike. So you'll be able to carry progress forward because people, while they liked the roguelike thing, it was still like a bit of a put off because... You know, you say roguelike in 2019 and people are like, fuck that. So they, they've taken that out and made like a open world space RPG, which, you know, is everything that was good about Everspace without having to redo this game like 50 times just to get to the end. And you do have to do it like 50 times, maybe more. No, so I've actually just started playing the first Everspace. It's on Game Pass. Are you finding it? Uh, I like it. I've never... 
I've always wanted to get into things like elite and stuff like that, and I just think I haven't got the time for micromanaging a spaceship. I'd be the kind of person that would press the eject button on my head. Out in space. <laughs> I know I'd fuck something right up. No, I, I'm actually quite enjoying it. I'm not very far in. I'm about an hour or so in. I've just done the basic tutorials with your little um, your little Jarvis-style AI telling you what to do. I had to change the control scheme because it was absolutely bananas to start with. <laughs> yeah. it, it was L2 to move forward, L2 move, L1 to move back, and then the thumbstick up and down to hover up and down. Then I was just like, well, this is A, like it's reverse driving controls, and B, that doesn't make any sense. So I had to change it. So forward on the stick, like a flight simulator, forward on the left stick, and then yawing with the right stick and stuff like that. So it took me yeah. a while to get the hang of that. But no, I've done, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. All I've, really, all I've really done is tutorial and playing around with different weapons. I find myself, as I'm trying to lock onto a target to catch up to shoot it, it stops because it's a tutorial. So I find I've probably done more damage to things by charging them. <laughs> Which, now I'm not an astronaut or an astrophysicist or anything like that, but pretty sure crashing things in space, not a good idea. So I'd basically be playing Wreckfest in space. Nice. But uh, nice. no, I, I, I quite like it. I mean, I, I need to stick time into it before the second one comes out, even though they're not, like you said, they're a bit different now. But no, I mean, as far as, far as space sims go, it's, uh, it's quite fun. If anyone's got Game Pass, I do recommend it. Following that then was a trailer for The Witcher 3 on Nintendo Switch, which looks like The Witcher 3. Does it though? Well, maybe the resolution is a little bit lower than we're than we're used to, but it still looks like The Witcher Three. You know, one of the reasons why that game was so popular and why I particularly liked what I played of that game. You know, I, I said before I started it and never went back because I was playing it on the hardest difficulty and had a month break and it was like fucking useless. But it looked gorgeous. Like that was one of the stunning games for the PlayStation Four in this generation. And apparently it's even better on the PS4 Pro with the HDR. So you should probably download that, Roscoe. It, the visual downgrade is is pretty significant. I'm sure Witcher on the go is is like what everybody dreams of, but I, I still feel like I would want to play the better looking version. And I'm not a graphics guy, but just knowing that that doesn't look as good is like irritating. No, I get that. I get that. But if you don't have access to that version, then... Yeah, yeah. I mean... Like I say, if, if you are just a Switch owner, that, that should be absolutely the next game that you buy because The Witcher 3 is pretty damn good for what, what I've played. But it just feels like that is a massive downgrade and kind of a, you know, I said a couple of months ago that the Switch is struggling for power now. And that's pretty much, you know, the, one of the biggest indicators of that where, you know, one of the, this game's most popular titles just really struggles to get it to look even PS3 standard. Mm. It's a shame. Well, never mind. Bandai Namco dropping The Witcher 3 at some point in the future. There is a release date for it. I got an email. Oh, well, never mind. I can't find it right now. Following that was FIFA 20, which was showing off a bit more of its Volta mode. Now, I'm going to put my hands up in the air on this one. I wasn't all that excited about FIFA 20 this year. There was no journey, the career mode, stalls again. But then I did not realize that Volta had a story mode. And now I want to play it. Yeah. I did not know. How did I miss this? I thought it was just a mode. I believe that this was like the announcement because they've they've not mentioned a story to Volta at all. They've just mentioned that that it was a type of football. So this was news to me and you and probably everybody. It looks cool, though. Yeah, yeah. I do like uh, the FIFA story modes. Obviously, you know that because we've had the journey. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. All right. EA Access it is. Let's go. I'm going to buy it. I do this every fucking year. Or, you know, you do it every year. 
We say yeah. we're not going to buy it, and then we end up buying it. Nothing's really grabbing me about it yet, but I'm sure I'll end up buying it at some point in the future. We shall see. And then we got the first look at Disintegration, uh, which is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC in 2020. This, of course, from one of the creators of Halo. And this looks pretty tight. This is probably one of my favorite trailers of the entire event. It looks, you know, it looks Halo and Destiny-ish, and that's fine by me. Uh, what did you think of the trailer for Disintegration? Interesting. He, he said that it was unlike any game that we've played before. And while the gameplay looked like every game we've ever played before, he did say that there was like strategic elements in it. So I'm, I'm starting to think that this might be more like Rainbow Six Siege meets Destiny. As in, you know, you might be able to like tell people to go in through doors while you cover certain places. Right. Um, because it did look like explosive. You know, there was you know, shooting people next to a house and stuff. And the game did look pretty sweet, um, you know, the bit of gameplay that we saw. And it did have a cheeky personality to it, you know. The whole, there was an interaction in the trailer where, you know, there, there was a woman calling out a guy talking to his, his hover bike. Yeah. As a, what was it, a pre-flight check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it feels like it's got a bit of a personality to it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an exciting one. It'd be like, nice to see what this whole strategy element is that they're putting into it. Because you play as the hover biker in, in single player, but you've got three squad mates that run alongside you. So that, that might be interesting. And he also mentioned multiplayer. So I'm hoping that there's like a four player multiplayer where you each play a member of the squad. Because that'd be, that would be cool. And then we've got a trailer for Dark Side of Genesis. The same Dark Side of Genesis trailer that was in the Stadia Connect um, a couple hours before the Gamescom event. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about this. I, I'm all for it. You know, oh, it's Darksiders. Sure. I, I <laughs> you know, I sat there and I was like, I need every single one of these games. There wasn't a single one that I was thinking, ah, this is fucking dog shit. Darksiders is great. They've got, you know, a part of the original team are at Airship Syndicate and they are a good team. They did that Battle Chasers and it looks pretty cool. It looks, you know, Diablo-y. Diablo-y? Diablo-esque. That'll do. Diablo-esque. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it, it looks it looks like a bit of fun it, you know it, it doesn't look like it's going to be anything groundbreaking but it will kill a couple of hours so what the fuck why the fuck not you know let's give it a go yeah why not greg you, uh, you like dark siders don't you i like the second one how would you how, how are you taking to this this new take on this multiplayer playing as strife for the first time and having this kind of different perspective again i'm in the i'm in the hesitant on the fence camp fair enough I, you sit on that fence. I will. I'll poach my bottom on it. I just don't... I just wish they'd stop making single-player games multiplayer. I'm still bitter about Rainbow Six, to be honest. As much as I like Siege. <laughs> I want Vegas I want Vegas 3. Uh, no, I... It sounds really anticlimactic, but I will wait with barely bated breath. Okay. Oh, and the release date for Witcher 3 was October 15th. I've just, Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure. I apologise for not knowing that initially. Uh, then we got a look at Guilt, which is one of the Stadia exclusive games, where you play as, as Jeff Keighley called it, a woman girl. Anyway. Oh, oh, oh! It's uh, a woman girl. It's a woman girl. Well, that explains so much about Jeff Keighley. Uh, but yeah, it looks pretty neat. It looks quite, uh, look quite trippy. It looks. Uh, what, what was I thinking of when I was watching it? Among the Sleep. Do you remember that? Yeah. That rather creepy game where you were running around as a, as a. Yeah. Yeah. It gave me those sort of vibes. A bit more. Cartoony and not as uh, not as serious, but yeah, that's cool. Then we had Destiny 2. We had a look at the Season of the Undying trailer, which is one of the new events coming to Destiny 2. I think before Shadowkeep, is that what they said? Is it leading yeah. into Shadowkeep? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, the Vex are causing all kinds of heck, and they have to go and take them down. And then we got a trailer for Remothered Broken Porcelain. I know nothing about Remothered. This is news to me. I didn't know this. This was the second one. Anything about this game? 
I've not played the original, that Tormented Fathers, um, but uh, my friend, he's been playing it at the minute and he raves about it consistently. He's trying to go for the Platinum in it and he says it's very scary, but also um, not like jump scares. It's more psychological. So, you know, it's they, they seem to know what they're doing. That trailer was freaky as fuck. I, I actually thought the sound on my TV had gone out, to be honest, because it was like everything else in this this whole thing was dead noisy. And then they had a trailer that was silent apart from some whistling. So I'm like turning the fucking volume up on my TV. Like, what the fuck's happened? Has my the stream crashed? And then you hear the whistling and then that fucking face come out of the mirror. It looks freaky as fuck. Probably one for Halloween, maybe. Like, yeah, do a stream. <laughs> you so crack like, on. So it's like a bit like sort of layers of fear, that kind of... Yeah, I mean, from, from what my friend says, it's, it's, it's not like jump scares. It's not, you know, trying to be Resident Evil. It's got its own... Got its own vibe to it, so okay. Uh, it's I'm going to probably give because the, the the new one, the first one's out on PlayStation Four now and Xbox One, so I'm probably going to give it a shout around about Halloween time, ready for this one. And then we got a scissor reel for the Epic Game Store, which showcased basically every big game that's coming to the Epic Game Store uh, in the next few months, including Borderlands Three, Shenmue Three. Now I'm right in saying these are exclusive to the Epic Game Store, right? Yeah, there was a couple of announcements in there, so that's wild. Yeah, Oddworld is now an Epic game exclusive. Oddworld Soulstorm. I'm so glad that's coming to consoles because my PC probably wouldn't play it. Like, it's going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah, well, the Epic Game Store. That, that is a franchise that people really like. It just continuously pisses off people, doesn't it? Yeah, I was. I actually watched that part of the trailer on YouTube with the comments enabled, and fuck me, that that was a one toxic comment section right there. Yeah. Never check the YouTube comments. Well, the thing is, you couldn't even read it because it was moving that fast to people going, Epic suck, fuck Epic. And then there's the occasional one that was like, Epic are the number one, which was obviously like Tim Sweeney <laughs> and the YouTube chat just like dropping Epic are best. Um, but like, it was so horrible. Like the comment section for the entire conference was fucking awful, by the way. But yeah, you know, it's fucking Epic Game Store is going to piss everyone off for no reason at all. Well, just look at the, the Ublets uh, saga. Jesus Christ. What gamers are the worst part I got gaming? <laughs> You're not gonna call them all freeloaders as well, are you? Uh, this is for next week's podcast when we talk about how shit gamers are. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. What a what a time to be alive. Um but they did announce that Magic the Gathering is coming on an Epic Game Store. I'm sure that went down well as well. I don't think anyone cares about it to be no. honest. <laughs> no, but there's there, there is a massive contingent of people that play Magic still. And yeah. This version of it is exclusive to the Epic Game Store, which I imagine—I don't know—I haven't checked, but I imagine has has uh, ruffled some feathers. One would say. Yeah, expect some devs to tell them about death threats because they Magic the Gathering developers threatened because of Epic Game. Just it's going to be on Polygon tomorrow. Don't worry, Kotaku will pick it up. It's fine. <sighs> uh, and then we got another PlayStation trailer. Uh, this is Erica, a live-action game which is coming available right now. You can. Go and get it on PSN. Let me just go check PSN. Uh, yep, it's now there. So you can go and get it for eight ninety nine, And it looks really, really interesting. So I'm looking forward to playing that. Uh, Sean, have you grabbed it yet? No, I, I checked. So as soon as the trailer went up, I was like, I'm buying that now. And I went to the store and it wasn't there. So as soon as we finish this podcast, I will go and buy it. Fantastic. So yeah, go and have a look at that now if you're interested in the PlayLink-esque kind of games that PlayStation offer. Following that, then, Ubisoft appears with Anno 1800 Story Campaign DLC, um, a game I'm not particularly familiar with, but that trailer went on for, a, for what felt like a long time. <laughs> Was that just me? I think 
that trailer was like tailor made for the people that play Anno because it's done numbers now and it's like a really well liked franchise right now. It's like massive on PC at the moment. That trailer pinpointed who these people are. They they love the botany and they love the sunken treasures and the ice bits and you know that that trailer was for them. And if you like that game, more power to you. Absolutely, I'm not I'm not dismissing it. I'm not saying people shouldn't play it. Yeah, you were. You prick. I was just like I was just like. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is a long trailer. And when it finished, all I could think of was, um, hey, Ubisoft, where's Skull and Bones? Yeah, I thought that was that soon, that, that first bit with the, the like pirate ship thing. Yep, I thought it was Skull and Bones too. Fuck me, where is that game? And then I realized, where the hell is it? Because it wasn't at E3. It's now not at Gamescom. What's happened to this game as it sunk to the bottom of the ocean? Uh... 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 Did Ubisoft realize, oh, wait. Nobody wants this. Should we stop? Or... Paul wants it. Just, just Paul. <laughs> this is the one game he's ever liked. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's got him bones. Let's do it, mate. Yeah, he's very excited about it. But hey, it's not coming out. So sorry, Paul. Following that was another sea land beach based game called Port Rail 4, which is coming to Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC next year. It looks very uh, strategy esque. I initially thought it was Tropico because I'm an idiot. I thought, oh, new Tropico game. Cool. But yeah, Port Rail 4. Now, Sean, tell me. I don't remember the first three. What is this game? I've not played any of them. And I, right. I, I've wanted to. Like, I think there's a PS3 one and a PS4 one. And I've nearly bought them a number of times because they look pretty cool. And they apparently have easy platinum trophies. So I was, I've been on the bubble a couple of times. But I will report back on Sunday. I'll go out and buy one and play it for you so I can tell you. Because I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> Stand by. Um, and then we got a trailer for Iron Harvest 1920, which is coming out in 2020 on all of the systems. And that looks pretty cool. I'm not really normally into those uh, those kind of games. Yeah, the trailer was really smart. I like I liked the mix of live action and, um, and gameplay. So yeah, that looks quite interesting. I might keep an eye on that one. Sean, have you got any thoughts on that? Can, can we have a moment of appreciation for the developer's beard? If you yes, watch that trailer, that his fucking beard is immense. It was amazing. It was like he'd stepped out of the 1920s. And he was just about to sell me some snake oil. <laughs> it was a fucking amazing beard. Um, but yes, onto the game. Yeah, it looks it looks sweet. I I think we saw a trailer for it like six months ago, and it didn't look anywhere near as good as it did in that trailer. So obviously, work's going on, yeah. and they're releasing into early access and want people to wish list and stuff. So yeah, it, it's something quite exciting. I think could yeah. be could be cool. I like how they made the point of saying. It's coming out on Steam and other PC platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not an Epic Game exclusive. <laughs> it's um, not a Steam exclusive, but it's not an Epic exclusive. <laughs> oh my God. How have we got to this place? How have we got to this uh, place where developers have to be incredibly choosy with their words or get death threats? <laughs> it's amazing. It's now like the the equivalent of console wars just on a pc now instead it's like it's really really strange that the epic game store and steam have become like xbox and ps4 yeah. just kind of in a in the pc realm it's very strange just, just as pathetic yeah oh yeah <laughs> it, oh, it is it is quite funny as as a mostly punk well i'm pretty much like 90 percent console it's funny that it's always like oh you console war people are arguing but we've got pcs and they're amazing and now there's this and it's just like sitting back going yep yeah, you've now lowered yourselves to our ranks yeah, welcome to our world, friend. Exactly. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just tasty. Yeah, it's not, it's not even that fucking bad, though, is it? It's just another piece of fucking software. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not four hundred pound investment, and, no. and you know, ah, oh, yeah. it's it's even more pathetic than console wars. 
Anyway, this is this is for another time. <laughs> well, I went on the Epic Game Store today and I got a free copy of Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, nice. Just for just for logging in. So, right. Steam doesn't do that shit. So I'm all but over it. If, Thanks. If that if that's what they're putting out as a bribe, then fucking hell. Yeah. Because that game is beautiful. Absolutely wondrous. And yeah, now it's mine for free. Woo! So huzzah. And then we moved into Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And the guys from Call of Duty were there discussing the uh, essentially 2v2 alpha, which is coming to PS4 on August the 25th, I believe. And it looks quite fun. The 2v2 kind of run and gun mode looks quite fun. There was nothing about the campaign, primarily the multiplayer, just to promote the alpha. Are you going to jump into the alpha, Sean? You know I am. I will be yeah, holding tryouts for the entire Finger Guns team <laughs> uh, in the run-up to the release of the alpha. Who is going to be my teammate? Because I need... A good teammate if it's 2v2 i can't be dragging you around all the time so <laughs> i need you all to prove your metal now i i it looks i've i've seen a couple of streams of um modern warfare 4 so i stayed behind you know when they did the stream um it's not modern warfare 4 let's get this right yeah it, it fucking is anyway modern warfare remastered reimagined whatever the fucking one they call it um, modern warfare <laughs> so I've, I've seen a couple of of streams um, and the it's amazing how different the game is because they've removed the mini-map. So there's no mini-map anymore, so there's not going to be anybody, people, like, standing around and waiting for red dots to appear on the map. There's They've got doors, which open and shut, so you can, like, shut a door behind you and then wait behind the door and stuff. It looks so much more strategic than any Call of Duty since Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. It looks sublime, and I cannot wait until I get my hands on it. I will be pre-ordering it. And I, I say every year I get to like two weeks before Call of Duty releases and I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And then I buy it. This year, I'm like, I fucking need it now. <laughs> Sweet. Well, that's good then. I guess that means I'm moving in the right direction. And the alpha is the 23rd of August. I apologize. Not the 25th. Friday, August 23rd. To absolutely everyone, no pre-order, no PlayStation Plus. You can just jump on and have a go if you want. And finally, <sighs> can someone else take this because i have nothing to say okay finally we have jack keely uh, bigging himself up for 15 minutes don't <laughs> don't cheapen this for me <laughs> i am excited for death stranding i think it looks bananas it could be just a complete piece of auto wank but i don't care i think it looks incredible so i am very very intrigued by it and i will play it because i don't know the way they are treating it is like it's a massive mystery and everything they show is like just building a bit more and the picture's kind of starting to form now about what the game is but it still feels like we know fuck all compared to a lot of games like we know fucking everything about borderlands 3 compared to death stranding which releases like a month later we know nothing literally you know the surface level stuff what is it that's getting you excited about death stranding because it's a Kojima game. I don't know how to explain why I'm so looking forward to it. But other than it's a Kojima game, I think I'm just intrigued. And it's off the back of the cancelled Silent Hills as well. And I just want to see something come out that's going to make me just scratch my head for a, a good portion of time. You know, like a lot of games are predictable at the moment. Days Gone, for example, you can guess what's going to happen more or less. Resident Evil 2, it's a remake. Witcher, you hope ends happily ever after. But I have no fucking idea what's going on in death stranding and that's why i'm so intrigued it could come out and it could could all just be like some really shit allegory for the civil war 
you know, because they're trying to reunite the East and the West. It could be a thing about the North and the South. It could be another wanky Japanese take on American politics like that shitty awful mech game was. It could be something really amazing. It could be aliens. I don't know. But like I said last night in the cast, the less is more thing is really what's intriguing me. And I think it looks fantastic gameplay-wise. Uh, not gameplay-wise, but the game engine and being able to climb that stuff. Because using the, um, the Decimer engine from Horizon. Yep. And, you know, you can prop that magical Mary Poppins-style ladder wherever. And, you know, you can, you, can, you can lull a baby. You can lull a baby into being calm. But you can't shake it too vigorously which is a golden rule for life as well, but you can't shake it too vigorously because <laughs> <laughs> it'll get upset. <laughs> but yeah, it just looks intriguing. And the weird sort of the, the celebrity cameos in it are a bit bananas. And the Guillermo del Toro talking about the breech baby and the still, still mum, stillborn mum, whatever it was. Their mums, yeah. Uh, I had no fucking idea. I was lost. I yeah. had no idea what was going on. I think even the crowd went, when the clip ended, everyone went, oh, oh, are we, uh, yay. But I'm intrigued. You know, I've been intrigued since day one when it was Norman Reedus, Norman Reedus waking up on a beach covered in charcoal handprints. It's just it's got me by that that hook, and I'm just curious. And it's going to be a day one for me. Plus, yeah, you can I... jump, you can fall off cliffs as well. It looks fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm in the same place as you. I am interested because being treated as like a mystery, and they keep saying that it's something. So they keep saying it's a new type of game. It's all about connections and strands and. I, I have this really fucking big fear that I'm going to spend money on it and it's going to turn out to be like the Uber Eats simulator. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be you walking around delivering parcels to people. Here's your I'm... baby in a tube. <laughs> it's, you know, I I hope it's something else. And I, I like the fact that the matter is they've got all of these actors attached to it and, you know, they can't have been cheap. And so there's, they've obviously got something else going on. And even if it is a walking simulator and it looks as nice as it does and you get to piss on the ground or whatever, then fine. But I, ju- I just, I hope that this isn't all building to a massive disappointment. Like, Yeah, my, my one hesitation is the weird online aspect. I know they haven't talked much about it, but there was this big thing that like every time you die, there's a massive crater and how that will affect the world. And I don't want to be walking around basically the the equivalent of the moon if i'm sharing a universe with everyone else that sucks at it and i don't know how the multiplayer is going to work or maybe it's just leaving notes like you know dark souls so and so was here there's some bts around here can can you can you remember there was like a gameplay trailer where they were walking through a forest and like black craters appeared on the floor this was from a while back now so basically he was walking through a forest and it was when the bts appeared and like his thing was going fucking mental on his shoulder and that was, was in like, the that was in the eight minute trailer from a few months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's walk, he's holding his breath because there was yeah. that other trailer from a few years ago or last year when there's the three of them and one of them gets the truck on his legs and he's screaming and the guy's like shut up shut up you know quiet him down and yeah. then some unseen force like ages him really quickly. Yeah, um, and then you see the handprint crawl down the wall, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, with the with the eight minute gameplay reveal thing, yeah, he's walking through the woods, and it looks like you can see. Well, the BT stands for beached things. I know that the death stranding things are term for whales when they stupidly forget how to not approach land. <laughs> it's it's something to do with that. I'm guessing like the beach things are. It's like a, they look like I'm going to go with the theme, but like floating umbilical cords. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's the theme I'm going for. Like that's that's the te- that's the tether that's keeping him in between the worlds or something. So yeah, it looked like with that trailer that um you know every time he just dis- if he disturbs one then they just swarm at you. Yeah, and I uh, I I have a feeling. So this 
this is my punt at what this whole thing is, this this multiplayer aspect. When somebody dies in a particular location, that person then becomes a BT in that location. So okay. do you know like you know that so it's like it's like with Mario Maker where you see everyone die. Yeah, yeah. But they become then like a hazard for the next player, which makes it dif- more difficult to strand together. Ah. So but, basically, you know, you know, it's gonna be a shit area. If there's four thousand deaths, and you think, oh, it's gonna be difficult. Exactly, exactly. So like, you know, you are in deep shit, and you know, maybe go a different way. Or I, I, I that's like that's me trying to puzzle this together because I've sat and thought about this <laughs> for hours. <laughs> But yeah, can we just talk about like Kojima and the way that he's treated as some kind of like auteur? Because he was given a lot of fucking screen time up there compared to everyone else. It's the Keeley show, isn't it? I think it's because I think it's it's definitely coming off the back of the Konami split. He was seen as as the the mistreated one from that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. But, but then, then he did, that was his own doing because there was all the things about he went over budget and he was taking the piss and they went well. If you're going to take the piss. And he went, no, no, I'm Kojima. And they went, well, it's because well, it's, it's his legacy, isn't it? I don't mean that to big him up, but it's, he has that lineage. But this could break it. You know, Metal Gear Solid Fountain Pain was a bit of a squib towards the end. Now, I want to say 50-50 blame on both those parts. But I, yeah, he, he does seem to be going through like a Kojima renaissance, doesn't he? Obviously, Jeff Keighley holds him in this insanely high regard. And, you know, just just if you if you get the chance to watch it back, right... Watch Jeff Keighley's hands on his microphone when Kojima comes on stage, right? He goes from very confident... Does he take his wedding ring off? <laughs> no, no. It, it's it's like the nervousness. So he starts to like... Oh my God. Oh my God, Kojima's exactly, hands here. Exactly, Kojima's exactly. Hands here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like changing the microphone in his hand. He's like squeezing it and moving around. He starts to like fidget. I bet there's already... I bet there's already memes on the internet like... I want you to look at me the way that Jeff Keighley looks at Kojima. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, we how, how many months ago did we say, you know, Keighley, he wants Kojima's babies. There's no two ways about this guy. Maybe got... that's the metaphor. The East meets West. Maybe this is just an analogy for their friendship. You know, the strands that keep us together. Phone lines. <laughs> Between East and West. Just, I'm caught up in the hype. The mystery hype. That's That's my big deal. Okay. Now, Roscoe, I know you've been on mute for this last, like... 10 minutes maybe are you okay are you having a moment Russell, are you okay i went downstairs to speak to jackie <laughs> you really... wow did you actually just leave the room yeah you've really got it in for i like okay can you explain without like destroying the room i was gonna say can you do a keelyless take on death stranding i think the uh cord open speaks for itself <laughs> so like you were you were saying, I think before we started recording that it it's like it's the whole Jeff and the way he treats Kojima and this game, which is putting you off. I think it makes Kojima's work look tacky. It makes it look. I think okay. to have to have someone like Keeley in his corner, bigging it up to such a degree, makes me just not want to play it. Okay, and that is the biggest issue that I've had ever since Keeley was crying about him not coming to the Game Awards. In this game, you get to piss on Keeley with Norman Reedus. Do you know what Keeley's character name is in Death Stranding? Come on, Tommy. Luda's fan. Fuck me. Isn't Ludus the the mascot for the... Ludens is the Kojima production's mascot, yeah. But Ludens means something oh. Latin. <laughs> wow, okay. Jeff Keeley being in the game is cringeworthy. It's like... 
But I hope, so like I hope the rest of the cameos, so they mentioned that there's cameos, I hope the rest of them are like in keeping. I understand why he puts Jeff in the game because Jeff's dedicated. And, you know, I know you hate Jeff Keighley, yeah? I really don't like the way that he does things. I don't like the fact that he does like fake interviews on stage when he should just be introducing people and letting them do their thing. I don't like the fact that he inserts himself into pretty much everything that he does. You know, he has an award show and he spends more time on the stage than anybody who wins an award. I don't like any of that, but he is an incredibly hardworking person that puts these things together. And that's kind of undeniable. So yeah, let's give him his, his two seconds in a game where he looks like a dick because the other cameos might be awesome. I, I'm hoping that like some of the PlayStation executives get in. It'd be great to see like Andrew House <laughs> in, in a little shed somewhere in West Virginia. Or oh, but. Randy Pitchford's in there. And Doug, <laughs> Doug, Doug Tenapel. And... <laughs> oh, fuck it all. I now am going to put money on Greg Miller being in this game somewhere. Yeah, and that's a fair you know, shout. As much as I go on about Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid, I understand his place in the industry. I understand his legacy. I get it. It makes sense Metal Gear Solid is, regardless of what I think about it, is a game changer. And it's revolutionary, and it does things that no other game has done, and it started so many things. I understand that. I get it. I understand why people love Kojima. It makes sense. I respect that. It's just the the Jeff Keighley aspect of it makes me ill. It feels like he's being wheeled out like a circus animal. It doesn't feel respectful to him. It feels cheesy and it feels awkward. And I just don't think it's the right way to deal with someone of his stature. And for that reason, I can't get excited about Death Stranding because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel genuine anymore. You know, it's like the fourth or fifth time he's been wheeled out by Jeff Keighley. It's one thing or another. It's like, oh, here, here's another gameplay trader for Death Stranding. Just to be fucking moddy-coddled by Jeff Keighley. Tacky. And it, it's like, you know, Miyamoto doesn't get treated like this. Miyamoto is so sparing with what he does. Oh, I don't know. Who's Miyamoto? Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> you utter prick. I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> I'm in a... I'm, I'm wired right now. <laughs> Are you gonna are you gonna not meet me for a drink when you're back in town? I'm totally gonna do that. Uh, just for that, I'm gonna buy the round. Oh, got me on that one. Yeah, and that introduction, that oh, sizzle reel. Jesus. That that video more than anything showcased that that moment was not about Hideo Kojima. That moment was a completely masturbatory for Jeff Keighley. That is another level of disrespect that he can't see. He's too blinded by his own that he's making it all about himself. There's an awesome thread on Reset Era called Hideo Kojima uh, announcement trailer. Just about that sizzle reel. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Reset. You're, you're, you're funny sometimes. Well done. Any last word on this? Out of 10, what would you give it? What would you give this Gamescom opening night? I thought it was great. I generally did, up until the last 15 minutes. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was well-paced. I thought the trailers that were chosen were the right trailers. There was loads of them. The two hours was filled relatively well. It was a nice mixture of different things. Yeah, I thought it was good, up until the very end. Sean, what did you think of it as a whole? A solid 8 out of 10. It was missing the last Megaton. I think the spending the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of it going over Death Stranding when, you know, those character reveals could have been done via Twitter. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it, it, none of that bit was, was worthy of being the last thing on the show. The last thing on the show should have been like the big Megaton drop that these shows kind of need to send everyone away with. So, yeah, it was missing that. But otherwise, great games. I 
probably going to buy all of them apart from maybe Magic the Gathering and Guilt because I can't be asked to get Google Stadia right now. So yeah, a, a, a packed, you know, an exciting time. There's a lot of good games there that have been announced. So eight out of ten overall. Greg, did you enjoy the conference? I thought it was good. I mean, as an opener, but too much Keely. Gone over it, so I'm not going to rant. But yeah, sometimes it's just like, let them show their game and shut up. Yeah, so that was our thoughts on the Gamescom opening night live event, which showcased a variety of different games. Earlier in the day, we had the Nintendo Indie World video, which was very, very good. But at least I said myself. Uh, we saw the likes of Super Hot, which is available now on Switch. The Hotline Miami Collection, which is now available on Switch. And of course, Ori and the Blind Forest coming to Nintendo Switch on September 27th which is another massive deal for Nintendo, grabbing those Xbox exclusives. And a lot of really, really lovely looking indie games, especially, uh, which was Earth Knight was one that stuck with me. thought that looked really, really nice. And Blasphemous, which I'm not going to play because I think it will scare me too much. <laughs> but one of you guys can. <laughs> Take care of that one. Thanks, dude. It's all right, man. I'm doing it for the team. So yeah, uh, Sean, have you got any quick thoughts on the Hotline Miami collection coming to Switch and not anywhere else? So the Hotline Miami collection is already out on the PS4. It has been for like two years. It isn't uh, on Xbox and one of my most read reviews ever was Mr. Shifty. And that was because it was coming to the Xbox One and it was basically like Hotline Miami. And people were going apeshit over that game because it was like a better Hotline Miami. And Xbox fans are still pissed off about there not being Hotline Miami on an Xbox. And I kind of completely agree why they should be pissed because it's a fucking old franchise. It's now on the Switch. Like, why is it not on the Xbox, man? So yeah, Europa also looks very good. And uh, Close to the Sun is coming to the Switch as well, which is very cool. It's one of those games that I've walked past the EDX about four times and never played. But uh, it seems to be doing quite well. Got itself a Switch port, so good for them! Was there Traveller? That looked like... What is it called Traveller? But with a weird spelling. Tourist, uh, sorry. The Tourist, yeah. With a Y. Yeah, that... That looked incredible. Yes, it did. Good yes. work. Scalboy looks good. It's a good time for the Indie Switch group of games. Looking forward to a lot of them. And the Stadia one, there was still no release date on Stadia, which I thought was strange. I thought that was going to be the obvious drop to do at Gamescom, but obviously not. But they did announce Cyberpunk 2077 is coming to Stadia. It terrifies me streaming Cyberpunk 2077, but we shall see. <laughs> I'm assuming that CD Projekt Red have got it working. Goodness me. Fingers, fingers crossed. God, imagine the data usage. A big thank you to Mr. Sean Davies and Grey Kicks for joining us on this Gamescom opening night live. Join us next Monday once again for another episode of the Thinking Girls podcast. We'll get together on Sunday and do another re-record of all the post-Gamescom news. So we'll see you then. So it's goodbye from Mr. Grey Kicks. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. And it's a goodbye from me, Manage Roscoe Keniston, and we'll see you next time on the Finger Guns podcast. Whew.